Amen. We feel the Spirit of God here this morning. The Bible says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in... Uh, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That was Christ himself speaking. He said, my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd told you. That's Christ himself speaking. And he said, if I go away and prepare you a place, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. You remember one time in the Bible it talked about Christ, or talked about when they were stoning uh, Paul, or stoning Stephen. You remember, and he said, you know, he said he looked up, and he said he'd seen somebody on the right hand of the Father. Who was that? That was Jesus. And the Bible says, you know, in the Bible, you know, if you're a Christian this morning, we ought to be so happy. Why? Because the Bible says you're a Christian this morning, you're joint heirs with who? Jesus Christ. Amen. If you think about that for just a moment, they sing this song, man, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? I think this morning we just, you know, this this young lady here, Brianna, we just, we, I'd already told her, we already voted, she's part of the church now. And I think y'all give a hand clap. After you heard her, she's part of this. So that's just not because of what, you know, she is, but what God has put inside of her heart and shared it with us. And I'm so thankful that she gets to share it with us. But I just want to share that just a little bit with you this morning that, man, we as God's people today, you know, we're troubled on every side. Everybody knows that. We're troubled. We're, you know, everything's going crazy. But, you know, just have a peace of God today, a peace of mind today through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us today, even the demons tremble at the name of Jesus Christ. So whatever you're going through this morning, if you, know, if you know Jesus Christ, just start speaking that name. Just speak that name. And man, we got it. We got it going on. This morning, I'm going to get Brother Hans. He, he told me, that, you know, he's the one to preach this morning, so we're going to let him come and preach to us this morning. Hey, man, he didn't say that, but he said he will not. <laughs> hey, man, but I just feel the Lord's going to let, let him preach for us today. Man, he's. And I know he's part of this church. He's a great guy. And uh, we, you should all be thankful for him this morning. Amen. God bless you. Amen. That sounds like we might just leave Darwin up here. <laughs> yeah, I might have to tag team it this morning. Uh, <clears throat> no, I, I've cited this verse a lot as I begin to speak, uh, but it's Psalms 8410, and the Bible says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Amen. Better is one day right here Amen. in God's house than a thousand anywhere else. Uh, and you, you think about that, just one encounter with God Amen. can absolutely change the course of somebody's life. Amen. Just one moment, just one touch of God's presence can can. It can heal somebody. It can, it can change a heart of stone and soften it up. A life of sin, a life of drugs. Just one touch of God can completely change somebody's life, not just in this life, but for all eternity. Uh, and Beth, Beth talked a little bit in devotion this morning about Wednesday night. Wednesday night, it was a lot like how this morning feels. You could just see God's Spirit was working on young people's hearts, and a little bit of everybody in the room, honestly. Uh, you could see, I don't know, maybe conviction. You could see people 
emotional because God's Spirit was just moving in people's hearts. And, and it reminded me of this verse. One day, better is one day right here than a thousand anywhere else. And, man, I can think of a lot of things that's really fun. Uh, you know, I love coaching basketball and got, was lucky and fortunate and got to go pretty deep into the state tournament this year and got to coach in front of thousands of people, and that's an awesome experience. But, man, better is one day right here. Better is one day right here than a thousand anywhere else. And it, it could be whatever your favorite thing in the world is to do. There's no better place to be than right here this morning. And it's because of God. It's not because of us. It's not because of awesome singers like Brianna and, and AJ and, and great worship bands and great pastors, but it's because of God. Amen. Great singing won't change somebody's heart. Right. Great singing won't turn you away from <coughs> sin, but God can. Amen. God changes circumstances, and it just takes a touch from Him. And you look throughout the Bible, and you see, you, see, you look at the life of Jesus, and you see all of these people that had these just encounters. A lot of these people are just mentioned one time in Scripture. You know, the woman with the issue of blood Darwin preached on recently, she just thought, if I could just touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. And she has this encounter with Jesus, but she's healed, but what she gained from that experience is so much greater than that, right? And that's all it takes. It's just a moment with God, and it can change the course of your life forever. Just a moment with Him. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about this morning. But before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to You. Lord, just so thankful for Your presence, so thankful for Your Spirit. Thankful for Your Son, God, that You gave for each and every one of us. Lord, and right now as we go forward in the service, God, I pray that we just honor You in everything that we do. I pray that You just use me in spite of my failures. Uh, in spite of my problems, God, I pray that you'd just use me and you'd speak to me and through me to this church. Pray that you'd open up our eyes, open up our hearts. Pray that you move in us. Just show us what we stand in need of today, God. Not our will, but your will be done in everything. We give you all the praise and glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One moment with God can change the course of your life. <clears throat> and it's, it's crazy and you, you look at these examples in the Bible, you know, most of the, most of the moments you see that people have is usually rock-bottom moments, right? Usually you're not, you're not going on the mountaintop and just won the lottery and everything just seems to be going peach and gravy and then you, you have this moment with God and now everything's even better, right? Now, most of the time it's, no, you've had the issue of blood for 12 years and you've struggled with this and there's this flow of blood behind you and you're just this problem, Right? And I look at my life at these moments where God is coming to the room or God's coming to my heart or moments at the altar. You know, most of them was never, I, know, I, was, I walked into church having a great day and found myself at the altar and had a better day, you know. Now, most of the moments that I have with God, times when God has just spoke something into my heart very strongly or where I felt His presence the most was at the absolute bottom of the barrel, Times when, when, I was, when I was dealing with sin, times when I was very sick, uh, times when I was just struggling is some of the times that I felt closest to God. And 
No doubt, with a room full of this many people, we've got a lot of different people going through a lot of different circumstances today. We've got some people that's probably having a pretty good time right now, living life to the fullest, but I, I guarantee in, in this room right now, there's somebody going through some stuff. Uh, and I want to I just talk about a little bit of this today. And I wanted to start with this question. I want everybody to answer to yourselves. Nobody's heard answering out loud here. How is your relationship with God? What does that look like? <clears throat> and some of you might be sitting here saying, well, I don't have one. I heard, a, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, everyone has a relationship with God. You might not know it. You might treat your life like you don't. Everyone's got one. And everyone's going to say the same thing in the end. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's what the Bible says. So you've got one. And, and you're going to come to this conclusion no matter what. But what does it look like right now? How is your relationship with God? And that's, only, that's a question that only you can answer. I can't answer it for you. I couldn't even look at your life and tell you, what is your relationship with God truly like? That's something very personal. That's something only you can say. That's something that's just between you and the Creator. How is your relationship with God? I have one other question. And no doubt, when we answer the first one, we probably got a lot of different answers in the room. We've got, we've got those that are sitting here going, you know, it's, it's not bad. I've got one. You know, I acknowledge that there is a God. Jesus is my Savior. I'm in church today. And then there's some of you saying, man, I am so busy. It would be a lot better if I wasn't so busy. There's some sitting here saying, it's... It's on the rocks right now. It's not very good. There's someone here saying it's, it's just going. No, nothing really major happening. I'm, I'm here today. Uh, so we've got, we've, we all answer this in a different way. What's keeping us from having a better relationship with God? Because there's no doubt all of us would probably say this. It could be better than what it is now. Or at least for me, when I answer that question, one thing I can say for certain is it can definitely be better than what it is right now. So my question is, what is keeping you from having a better relationship with God? What's keeping us from having a better relationship with God? And, and some of you might be thinking of several things. For me, there's, there's two things for me and I can't answer this for you, I can only answer this for me, but in my experience, it seems like when I've been honest and open with my problems and my struggles, a lot of times people come to me and say, hey, hey, I'm in kind of the same boat. And for me, being busy is one of the things that hinders me with my relationship with God, being busy. One of my friends told me one time, uh, Pastor Chad, he said, if Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy. Now, he didn't coin that. He heard that from some other pastor. But, man, how true. And I know that y'all have heard me say that before, but if Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy. And I look at my life, and I get to the end of the day, and, and typically uh, if I'm going to read my Bible or I'm going to pray before I go to bed, it's always at the end of the day. But how many times do you get to the end of the day and you've given all that you have to give? Day starts at 5.30, you get up, you get ready, and you head off to work. And by the time that you've got home and you've wound it down, you are gave out. 
right? I might be the only one that's not like that way, but I know that there's been seasons in my life, and especially the season I'm in right now, just so incredibly busy that it seems like the thing that gets put on the back burner is this relationship with God. And that's sad. Amen. You know, because this relationship with God, I mentioned earlier that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's inevitable. That day's coming for each and every one of us. Amen. We're all going to stand before Almighty God one day and we're going to give an account for how we've lived this life. And what will be judged is that relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So why, out of all things, would that get put on the back burner? But if Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy. If he can't keep you from knowing Jesus, he's just going to keep you so incredibly busy that that relationship will never grow. If he can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy. Uh, one thing that, that gets said uh, to me and Rachel, I started saying it to her, but now she says it to me when it's convenient for her to say it to me. Is <laughs> I started it. It was my saying first, but she says it to me. It seems like more now. You have time for what you make time for. You will absolutely do whatever you want to do. And I believe that. And I know some things are priority. You know, a lot of parents in here, you have kids, and there's, there's priorities in, in your kid's life, and sometimes you, just, you, you are forced to do things or you're supposed to do things, whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, what you will find is that people do what people want to do. They do what they want to do. <clears throat> you have time for what you make time for. So if this relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the most important thing in our lives. It's what we will stand before Almighty God and give an account for us, is what does that relationship look like? It's what, it's what we're going to... What does it look like? It's super important. How is it? Is it growing? Can you, can you look at your relationship with God and, and with Jesus Christ and you can say, man, it's, it's, it's in the right direction. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm growing in that relationship with Jesus Christ. Or do you look like, do you look at it and you can go, man, it can be a lot better, but man, I'm so busy. I don't have any time. I've got these three kids. Me and my assistant coach were sitting in the office this week. And he loves turkey hunting. Like he keeps a turkey call in his mouth at school and makes all them noises. I don't know, I don't know all the turkey, turkey terminology, but he makes noises with the turkey call all the time. So he's like ate up with it, loves it, loves it, goes to different states and does it. But this year he's so busy. He's got three kids and a lot of times people think that I'm the busy one. You're coaching all four teams. You're the super busy one. Dude, my assistant's at everything that I'm at, and then he does the peewees. I mean, he is. He's, and he's got three kids. He's really busy. And, and we were sitting in the office talking today, uh, this past week, and he was saying, man, I've got, I've got two hours. I'm going to get to turkey hunt this year. And I said, surely you'll get to hunt more than two hours. And he said, you tell me where. He said, you tell me where. And... Uh, the point is, he's really, really busy. So busy that he's got two hours that he knows of. He's going to get to hunt in turkey season. <clears throat> you can get so busy, so consumed with just priorities that sometimes we put on ourselves. Sometimes it's just, it's a priority. It has to be done. We can get so wrapped up in, in trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good 
whatever, member of the community, good husband, good wife, that the most important thing in your life gets put on the back burner. Your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's crazy because if your relationship with Christ is growing, if it's thriving, if it's everything that should be, man, you're going to be a good father. You're going to be a good mother. You're going to be a good member of the community. You're going to be a good church member. You're going to be good. But so many times we'll get so caught up in everything else that that relationship with Jesus Christ will get put on the back burner. If Satan can't keep you lost, he will just keep you busy. You have time for what you make time for. So this is coming from a place of conviction in my own life that I have to make it a priority to seek God. It's got to be a priority in my life. It can't be something that, man, I'm just going to get to the end of the day and, and, and if I've got time or if I'm not super tired, I'm going to read my Bible and, and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek God. You know, that I admire people that can pound through that when they're really tired and still do that. But I don't want to be the guy that gives, that gives my 30% of what I've got left at the end of the day, that 30% of attention that's just barely keeping me alive because I'm so tired and I'm, I'm laying in bed and I'm, I'm just halfway reading my Bible. No, I, I want to be, be challenged. I want to be convicted. I, I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to seek Him with all of my heart. Amen. I want to seek Him with 100% of it. That when I read my Bible, that I'm really studying, that I'm really trying to get the Scripture to jump out, that, that the Holy Spirit would show me something, it would reveal something to me, that when I pray, I won't, I won't fall asleep during my prayer because I'm so tired, because I've put it off to the very end of the day. That when I pray, I can have an encounter, that I can have a moment with Almighty God. Where I can put everything aside, and I can talk to the Creator, that I can talk to God. Say, God, here I am. Show me what it is I need to say. Amen. Help me to grow my relationship with You. The second thing that for me keeps me from having a better relationship with Jesus Christ is sin. Simply sin. And it's not major gigantic sins. And it's not that I sin so much that, oh, yeah, it's, the, it's this feeling that I'm not good enough to do what you've called me to do, God. God's pressing something on my heart you should do this. You should do that. You've made yourself more available. You've given me your time. I'm opening doors. I'm leading you here. I'm telling you you should do this. I'm pressing this on your heart. And my response to God is, I'm not good enough, God. I'm not perfect. I'm still sinful. I'm still working things out. God, I'm not good enough for the calling you've put on my life. And that might not be anybody here today, but that's definitely been me. Amen. Throughout my entire life, God has opened doors in front of me and gave me opportunities to walk through. And like even now, I stand on stage in front of 100 people, one of the youngest people in this room that knows the least about this Bible. There's no doubt there's more people out here that know more about this Bible than me. It's not even comparable. And I stand here and I go, man... I shouldn't be up here. That the little voices in my head, that you know, the enemy comes and my head's clouded with shame, with doubt, 
with this feeling of, God, I'm not good enough to serve you. But I'm reminded so many times in Scripture, 1 John 1, 9 says this, it says, if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to John chapter 3. Very familiar Scripture here in John chapter 3. And I'm going to go to verse 16, and this is what Billy Graham would call the entire Bible in a nutshell. A verse we all know, a verse that we could all quote. John chapter 3, verse 16 says this, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Man, God loves you. Amen. He loves you. Amen. You're sitting here and you go, well, you have no clue what I've done. No, I don't. Well, you have no clue what I've done. And I felt the loving arms of God right here at this altar when I was dealing with all kinds of problems. And you know what? Sometimes I would get up and I would go out into the next week and make the same stupid mistakes, fall right back into sin, and find myself right back at this altar the next week and still feel the loving arms of God around me. What Jesus did for you on that cross and what First John says, First John in chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Notice it doesn't say the first time that you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you. The second time, He will not. The third time, He will not. And I think if, if, if I could rewrite that verse today, I think I would say not just the first time and the second time, but the ten millionth and the one billionth time that you mess up and you screw up, God is still faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not giving a green light to sin. I'm not saying you can go live like hell and get through the gates of heaven at all. The Bible says that every man should work out his own faith with fear and trembling. And every knee's going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And I'd hate to be the guy that just banked on God's grace to try to get into heaven. Amen. But what I am saying is if that you're like me and God's put a calling on your life or there's been times when you stood up and, and Darwin gave that altar call and you'd love to go up to that altar but you're just scared to death that you're going to mess it all up the next week or whatever, that God loves you and He knows you're not perfect. But when Christ died on that cross, He didn't die for the first sin you ever committed. And His grace and the blood that covers your sin didn't just cover it after you become to know Him. It covered all of them. Everyone you committed, everyone you're going to commit, the ones that we're going to leave here today, and I'm going to go out and do something wrong, I can promise you. Maybe not intentionally, but I'm a human. I make mistakes. I've got problems just like everyone else. Amen. God's grace and love for you is greater than all of your mistakes. Amen. I want to continue on. In verse 17, the Bible says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world 
through Him. You know what condemn means? Condemn means to pronounce someone guilty after weighing the evidence. That's what condemn means. And listen, it says, the Bible says, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. God didn't send Jesus down here so that Jesus could walk in the room and go, hey, you are all sinful and deserving of hell. Which is the truth. By nature and by choice, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which is a problem because God said, no sin shall ever enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? But God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins. He came to this life and He was tempted and He was tried. And he, he walked around on this earth and never sinned. Never sinned. But went to the cross and took the punishment of our sins. Come on. And not just the ones we've committed up to this point, but everyone that we're going to commit in our life, Christ died for them sins. His blood covers them sins. Amen. And God says, I didn't send Jesus down here so that He could walk in and go, you're a sinner, you're wrong, you're messed up. To pronounce someone guilty after weighing the evidence. He didn't come to condemn you, but the Bible says that God sent Jesus to save you. Amen. AJ, if you'll come. God sent Jesus to save us. How many times do we miss out on what God's calling us to do? God's putting something on your heart. God's called you to step out on faith and do this. Or maybe God just called you to come up to this altar and pray. And we miss out on what God is calling us to do and we settle for complacency and we settle for less because we believe the lie from the enemy that we're not good enough. God, I'm not good enough for that calling. God, I'm not good enough to preach. God, I've got too many sin problems to be the Sunday school class leader. I've got too many sin problems to go up to that altar because I know when Monday comes, I'm going to make another mistake. And I don't want to feel that shame and I don't want to feel that guilt. God, I'm not good enough, so I'm just, going to, I'm just going to keep coming to church, and I'm just going to settle for complacency, and I'm just, I'm just going to stand at a distance and have this relationship with you, and I hope that I can get through heaven by your grace because I know that I'm not good enough for the calling that you've put on my life. That's a lie. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And so there's a better way. And you're going to make mistakes. And we've got problems, and I've got problems. And guess what? You're going to go out this next week, and you're still going to have problems. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to screw up. But you know what? Christ still came to save you. Amen. He didn't come to condemn you. He didn't come to pronounce you guilty. He came to save you. So my challenge for us today as a church is that, man, we would just seek God. 
seek God with all of our heart and we'd let nothing hold us back and we wouldn't believe the, the lie of the enemy that we're, we're not good enough. God has put a calling on every single life in this room. He's calling you to something greater. He's calling us to have a better relationship with Him. So let's set aside the things that are keeping us from that relationship with Him. But don't let shame and guilt be one of those things. Amen. That's a lie. God loves you. And He wants to have a relationship with you. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, just consider these altars open. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to You today, Lord, so thankful for who You are. Thankful for Your grace and Your mercy. Thankful for Your Son, Jesus. Lord, right now, I pray for every single person in this room. Pray for this church. God, that you just show us what we stand in need of, God. That you'd help us to put, a things, put away the things that are, that are keeping us from a better relationship with you. Pray that you help us to grow in faith and in trust in you each and every day. Lord, help this church, God. Help us to honor you and worship you, God, in everything that we do. Lord, we thank you once again. It's not by us, but it's only by you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.